Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest edition of the Junk Baller Podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, and as always, I am here with my good friend, Kevin Otterbein. Kevin, how you doing? Oh, look at you. Did someone get a text? From you. Oh, from me. That's right. <laughs> that was a little delayed. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kevin, how you doing? I, I am doing good. Ugh. Thanksgiving's a week away. And well, I feel like I've had I'm having about like three or four Thanksgivings this week. So, well, you need to get your grammar better. If that's grammar better, uh, improve on your grammar because it's not how are you doing? It's doing well, not doing good. How many times do we have to go I, over this? I know I do it on purpose now. Though. I know it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But uh, so you have three Thanksgivings? I didn't pretty much. I mean, I'm having a I'm having a friendsgiving tomorrow night. Uh, and oh, then, the people from church. Yeah, nice. Uh, and then uh, my actual Thanksgiving with my close, you know, my sister and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday at my cousin's. Okay. You, you going to come for dessert at uh, my for my uh, on Thanksgiving? What time do you have it? Uh, I don't know. I'll, have to t- I'll have to Probably like six or seven. Okay. I might be able to make that. I'll let you know. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Um, you don't have to bring anything. I'm making a pie. I'm making my apple, my mom's apple Ooh. pie. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to look forward to it. Um. But yeah, welcome to the first off-season podcast. No, it's not the first off-season. It's because the World Series ended, so it's the second off-season podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we were last yeah. episode we did a reflection of the World Series and kind of the 2023, and it was very... We weren't happy with 2023, were we, yeah. Kevin? It, it didn't really leave much of an impact. No, no. So what we're hoping for is this free agency... And offseason will be exciting, and we'll look forward to 2024 being much, much better. So um, we're going to talk today about uh, – we'll get into the junk baller section uh, in a little bit just to give you guys a heads up. But we're going to be talking about free agency. And mm. Kevin and I have picked our top 10 free agents, five each, and we're going to tell you where they're going to go and why we think that. And we're going to have some bold predictions with it. Um, see where they go, but it's exciting, and I'm excited to tell you guys where certain players are going to go and how much they're going to make, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but Kev Indeed. Kev has a fun fact for us. Kev? Well, uh, earlier today, uh, we're recording this episode on November 16th, by the way, so as of this recording, this morning, the, the news came out that the MLB owners approved for the Oakland Athletics to move to Las Vegas. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah. I feel so bad for Oakland. Yeah, I, I f- it feels dirty. It I, really does. Yeah. Did you see that from 2025 to, or, yeah, 2025 to the end of 2027? Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll oh, get there. okay, okay. Sorry. We'll get there. Sorry. But did you know, <laughs> but did you know that the A's already have a team there? The In Vegas? Yep. Uh, is it, is it, a, is it a basketball team? No. No? Do the, the A's already have a team the there? The A's already have a team there. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'm confused. I'm having a brain fart right Their now. Their AAA affiliate plays in Vegas. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. But I know where you stopped me for. I know why you stopped me. <laughs> they are the Las Vegas Aviators. 
They were created in 1983 and have been an affiliate of the A's since 2019, having been previously an affiliate of the Padres, Dodgers, Blue Jays, and Mets. Wow, they really get around, don't they? (laughs) They do, (laughs) just like people in Vegas. Oh, (laughs) hey-o! As part of the Pacific Coast League, which is one of two leagues in AAA, along with the International League being the other, um, they hold two league titles, 1986 and 1988, and play their games at the 10,000-seat Las Vegas ballpark. That's what it's called. It's called so Las it Vegas seats, Ballpark. Seats more than what the Oakland Coliseum pretty much had this entire year, essentially, or a normal Rays game, if that. Oh, boom, like, roasted. <laughs> uh, but now, from what I understand, uh, the ballpark was designed to host an MLD team if it was needed or on a temporary basis. Really? Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you may have been alluding to, the A's will apparently be playing some of their games at their AAA Affiliates Park until a new one opens probably in 2028. Yeah. I think they're also switched with San Francisco as well because in 2025, that's when the lease ends in Oakland. It's so sad. Now, there have been major league and minor league teams that play in the same city. Mm -hmm. Uh, The example I think of is New York where the Staten Island Yankees uh, were once a team, but when they did clean clean house of a lot of the MLD teams. They went away. Mm-hmm. But you still have the Brooklyn Cyclones, the Mets single-A affiliate playing in Brooklyn while yeah. the Mets play in Queens. Mm-hmm. But I really tried to dig deep for this one, but I couldn't find one for the same ballpark. So I'm wondering if it's possible that this would be a first mm-hmm. where a minor league team and a major league team are playing in the same ballpark i can tell you what the logistics for those seasons are going to be a nightmare for mlb (laughs) and minor leagues and everything it's going to be terrible yeah i I don't envy the person who has to do that it's really sad the fact that a major league baseball team is going to spend two to three years depending upon how much the new stadium is built and because their lease is ending up that they have to have basically two or three seasons where they don't have a home yeah that's pathetic that's really pathetic I, I, I'm blaming MLB for this. Not Oakland, you can blame a lot. But MLB, you also are a lot to blame for this. It was a unanimous vote, apparently. Yeah, it's and yeah, because they know that they can get more money in Vegas, duh. And, and I think the only reason why they wouldn't be playing in the Raiders stadium is because they want to save face by not going from one multi-purpose stadium to another. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though... They could, I guess. I guess. But I would, I, but wouldn't they have to... Re- um, they would have to reconfigure it a bit, but I don't think it would be too much of a stretch. Probably be a short left or right field for yeah. sure. Well, I know, uh, I think I heard in Minnesota, like some, the University of Minnesota, they've played some of their games at the Viking Stadium. I've seen some highlights of it. It's been pretty cool to look at. It, they almost uh, brought it to look exactly like um, uh, the Metro... Not Metrodome. What was the Minnesota... Uh, dome. What was it called? It was the Metrodome. Metrodome. Yeah, yeah. I was right. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool looking. I was like, whoa, this is like a modern Metrodome. That's yeah. pretty cool. Because um, they had the glass in the Minnesota Stadium. You could, they had the glass shining through. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, that's pretty cool. So, but yeah, that's, I feel so bad for Oakland. I feel yeah. so bad. And people, when we do a fun fact, the other person doesn't know about this fun fact. So this information that he's telling me about the fact that, um, you know, that they're going to be playing in, like two teams, the minor league and the major league team playing in the same possibly for the first time. That's new to me. I wonder if they might pursue trying to trade triple A affiliates because of that. Oh, so that way their triple A affiliate plays somewhere else. Yeah. Hmm. When was the last time that happened where a triple A affiliate got traded? Uh, I feel like it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't happen very often. 
even though like the Las Vegas Aviators, they've had four other yeah they teams. get around they get around yeah they don't want to leave Vegas probably no but I mean like if you're getting called up from AAA to the major leagues what do you just yeah. switch clubhouses like what do you do it's just like yeah, it's, if you're getting called up you're not going anywhere it's gonna be a lot of storylines out of that those years but uh yeah let us know what you think about the Oakland A's moving to Vegas. It's really depressing for baseball, honestly. Feel bad for Oakland. They've had the Raiders go to Vegas, and now they have the uh, Athletics go to Vegas. So, it's a cash grab. Hopefully, don't have as many DUIs and domestic violences and drunk driving stuff as the Oakland Raiders do, did. But uh, if, once the move happens, because Vegas is, you know, uh, what's it called? Is it this? It's Sin City. Sin, yeah, Sin, Sin City. City. Yeah. I almost said the city that never sleeps. That's not right, people. <laughs> I'm on tap. I'm on. Uh, I'm on par. I'm on. I'm ready. I'm ready. So. Uh, that's our fun fact for today. And now I think we're going to, I think I have an idea. So I just thought of this on top of my head. Do you think we should go backwards from like the, the least or, so we have top 10 free agents. Should we go from number 10 to number one? Yeah. Cause we obviously know who number one is. We yes. should make the audience wait. Yeah. We should make the audience wait. Even though they probably know what it is too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So that means, so Kev, uh, we are, for those listening, we did uh, top 10 free agents and uh, we each picked five, and we got our free agents from MLBTradeRumors.com. We kind of got a little bit of background and information from them, uh, but that they had a list of top 50, and so we chose the top 10 of who we think and might be a little bit more fun for you guys to listen to. Um, and Kev had the even numbers, and I had the odd numbers. So, Kev, why don't you start us off with who is number 10 top free agent and where is he going sure so this isn't technically the top 10 on the website no uh, i kind of switched it up a bit because there's players i either necessarily didn't want to talk about mm-hmm. or players that i didn't know anything about yeah so number 10 was uh oh who's number 10 i think i remember who it was, was it was goriel no 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 uh no number 10 on the website oh on the website oh yeah i got bring it up again uh, i have it i have it uh Imanaga. Oh, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Shota Imanaga. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. And I haven't done enough research to really give an argument as to where he's going to go. 5'10", left-hander from Japan, 22 years old. Oh, no. He was 22 in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we didn't feel... We didn't... Yeah, I but, agree. But I anyway, agree. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, who's 14 on the list, I guess. Uh, Lord Scurriel. Uh, NL champ and younger brother of Yuli. Um, we don't bring up the NL champ. We don't need to bring that up. The NL champ, no, Gurriel. No, no, he no. did a fine job when he first came up in Toronto, mm-hmm. but wasn't anything spectacular. But the thing is, is that he was consistent. You can count on him to make contact. Mm-hmm. He doesn't strike out a ton, um, and he hits home runs. He usually hits in the 20, 25 yeah. so range, which isn't as common as it once was. I feel like a lot like nowadays it's like you hit high for average you don't hit as many home runs or you hit a lot of home runs and you strike out 300 Mm -hmm. times a year um he had an all-star last year when he was traded to the diamondbacks and was a solid offensive presence in the their postseason run he had 308 in the division series and 333 in the world series with a home run and five rbis Mm -hmm. um I think he definitely has the potential to continue his consistent performance. And a lot of teams could use someone that actually makes contact. Yeah. Yankees. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Yankees could use him, to be fair. 
Um, they need someone to bolster their average and someone more experienced than left field too. Left field is just like a black hole for mm-hmm. the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They fill it with either Stan who can't play f- the field anymore. Really. He's going to get injured according to Cashman. Yeah. Or, so, or someone who's super young like Oswaldo Cabrera, who I like, but he's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, to your dismay, I've seen the Braves in the mix as well for Gurriel. Um to fill their left field spot because they're not taking out the option on Rosario. Yeah. So he would be a decent fit there. Out of the ones I've researched, this was the one that was one of the more difficult ones for me to choose. But I think for the purpose of fan service, unless they get the trade for Juan Soto, I'm going to say that Cashman should go for it and bring in a dependable left fielder. So Gurriel, come on over to the Bronx. But again, that's dependent, I think, on the Juan Soto stuff. Okay. Because there is a lot of rumors, as you may know, of Juan Soto being traded to the Yankees. Yeah. And he's a left fielder. So mm-hmm. if they get Juan Soto, this point is moot. How much? How old is he? Guriel? Yeah. He's uh, 30. 30? Yeah. Okay. He had a good year uh, on my fantasy team. I picked him up late in the year because I had so many injuries. I finished with like five people in my that I drafted with. But, no, he did pretty well. Uh, how much do you think he's going to get? Uh, I don't think he's going to get a ton. He might get a bit more per year. I don't think he's going to get a super long contract so like since three he's years. 30. Like three years? I would say three years, maybe $45-$50 million. Yeah, that's pr- yeah, I could see that. I might go a little bit more just because he definitely has some potential. And if he goes – it wasn't a hitter-friendly ballpark with Arizona. The ball definitely – flies more when the roof is open uh in arizona but they have it closed often but you know if the roof's open in in new york where (laughs) yeah inside joke there um but no if he goes to new york he's probably 35 30 home run hitter yeah totally i agree take advantage of that those fences all right so our top 10 starting off with yuli guriel uh to the yankees not yuli yuli what did i say you said Yuli. I did say Yuli. That's his older brother. Lords, yeah. Lordes. 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 Lords, Lord. I've had a hard time I'm pronunciation call him today, I'm calling people. him Lord. I had a hard time. Lord Guriel. That's what we're calling him from now Lord Guriel. <laughs> Just show up in a... Like a <laughs> I could see John Sterling's call right now. Oh, gosh. Terrible. Oh, I, Lordy. <laughs> I hate John Sterling. I, God bless him. He's fantastic as what he does, but I hate him so much. All right, so number nine, Guriel to the Yankees. All right, my turn. Number nine, Sonny Gray. He finished second in Cy Young, I believe, for the AL after Garrett Cole. That was last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's coming off as one of his best seasons he's ever had uh, with the Twins. Uh, finished with a low, below two, three ERA. And it's funny that you just talked about uh, Griel because he just came from the Diamondbacks. Well... Mm-hmm. I think that Sonny Gray is heading to the Diamondbacks. Here's why. There's one thing the Diamondbacks struggled with in the playoffs is that they needed another starter because they had a bullpen game. And that those games, while they beat the Phillies in their bullpen game, which because the Phillies, they had, they had a different um, strategy, they definitely need more starting pitching. And what better to have to their young core with Gallon and a couple other pitchers coming up other than Kelly. Kelly's a little bit older but adding another veteran to their core that's locked up. Gray had a fantastic year, and he uh, definitely had um, enough stats where he can get at least a three- or four-year deal. Um, 
and he doesn't pitch well in big markets. You know that but most of all because when he was with the Yankees, he didn't pitch well. Mm-hmm. But he's pitched well pretty much everywhere else uh, in the smaller markets. Um, and so that's why I think that he would be the best fit with the Diamondbacks uh, moving forward. You know, moves him out west. He's not getting a ton of publicity. Um, and that ballpark is a hitter's ballpark, but it can you can pitch well. Like Gallon and Kelly pitch well this year. Um, and I think that the Diamondbacks are going to look f- to add a little bit more depth to their uh, to their team. And I think that Sonny Gray is going to get three years, about $70 million from the Diamondbacks. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that's a decent fit. They definitely need someone who's, I would say, a more, a more veteran presence. Yeah. On that team, and not just you know their oldest guy, I think is Merrill Kelly. Yeah, and they have a they have the youth, but if they bring in that extra veteran, again, I I harken back to two thousand one, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I feel like once they added Johnson and Schilling, having those veterans there, that really pushed them over the edge. Yeah, so me adding a presence like uh, Sonny Gray, as long as he stays healthy, mm-hmm. could be a good pickup. And Gallon's gonna, I think Gallon's hitting free agency soon. I'm not 100% sure on that, actually. I should know that. Uh, but I know they have some pitching prospects coming up. Uh, but I think that adding another veteran for their, like, window right now, because they just were in the championship. So, like, you know, you go, like, that two or three years, like, you develop the young core a little bit more, but you have some veteran presence. So that way you can, you know, be competitive, especially with that division, with the Dodgers always going to be there, the Giants trying to revamp, and then the Padres hopefully revamping. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and then the Rockies just staying in the cellar. But who yeah. knows? So Sunday gray to the Diamondbacks. That's my prediction. Alrighty. Uh, number eight. Yeah. And that goes to me. Yeah, uh, it's to you. Yep. Uh, I think if you've looked at any free agent list this off season, you notice that's pretty top heavy. Mm-hmm. So if we're going backwards, the first couple don't necessarily like blow my mind. Yeah. Not super impressive, but they do have qualities that a team could really use. So uh, my free agent coming up next is Teoscar Hernandez. Swing and miss a lot. Yes. Swing I'll just throw it out there. Like lot. I said, he's not a super impressive player to me. Uh, for one, the Mariners didn't even give him a qualifying offer. No. <laughs> and they traded for him in the offseason. Yeah. And they just were like, yeah, no, it's, it's not going to work out. <laughs> also, he's pretty streaky. I mean, look at last year. Mm-hmm. He had a slow start. He turned it up for a few months, and then he slowed down again and limped to the finish line. Kind of like the Mariners in a hole last year. They were so streaky. They was like, yeah, we won 10 out of the last 15 games. And then, oh, no, we lost 10 out of the last 15 games. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, the strikeouts, 211 oh, strikeouts last gosh. year. I don't think that, I don't think that led baseball, but it certainly had to be in the top 10 yeah, for sure. Or a top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's the trend for his type of player now though. But when he's on, he's got power. Um, not counting the COVID year, he's hit at least 25 home runs each of the last four seasons. If any team is going to pick him up and I think someone will, uh, it'll be for what he could do slugging wise. As to where he will go, hmm. I honestly think the Mets might try to throw their hat into the ring to bolster a struggling and hurt Nimmo and McNeil in their outfield. I don't think they'll necessarily get him, but I think they might try. Is McNeil playing in the outfield? Yeah. I thought he did. No, he's a second baseman. What am I thinking of? You get Nimmo in center. Yeah. 
Then you have. Well, I'm blanking too. Well, anyway, their that. outfield stinks, and yeah. they. <laughs> yeah, the, you, you, you don't come to me for expertise on the Mets for, uh, roster. Yeah, that's all you need to know. But anyway, I think they might try for it. Uh, but ultimately, there is a greater need for slugging that I think uh, will be a better fit, and they'll try and make a push for him, and that is the White Sox. Even in a terrible division, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson struggled. He was hurt, so yeah, that, that, that didn't help. Yeah. Um, and other than Luis Robert Jr., there's really no one else that puts like fear in that lineup. Yeah, because Eloy's always hurt. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he can help with that and give that team some much-needed power. So I think he'll be going to, and I'm just going to say, it, the lesser team in Chicago. Um, wow. Didn't think the White Sox would be trying to add in in uh, a kind of like rebuilding almost year with getting rid of Tim Anderson. Cause I feel like they're going to trade Dylan sees. I feel yeah. like he's going to get traded. That was going to be one of my like bold predictions at the end. Maybe. Yeah. But I think they could still have interest because they, they won't be breaking the bank with Hernandez. Either. What do you think? Two years, two, three years. I think it's another, I think it's similar to uh Gurriel. I think it's like a th- three year. I think it'd be 50. 50- like 55 50. 50 million yeah yeah, yeah I, I think, think similar in that yeah vein. i mean that's still good money but just kind of the thing with these days but he hit a lot of home runs but he's streaky but yeah he's a fun player to watch but he's also like when he's hot he's he's a good player um i didn't think i'd hear the white Sox in free agency on this podcast gosh what a joke that franchise is yeah, we, we, we don't have uh, officially have hot takes for the end of this podcast, no. but we're going to provide some in our predictions. Yes. Um, okay, so that was number eight. And now on to number seven. Um, this is a player that is known for his defense compared to his offense, even though he's shown potential for his offense. He's won the Platinum Glove, t- Platinum Glove twice, and he's a four-time Gold Glove Award winner. Do you know who it is? Just off the top of your head. Tell me more. His name is Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Chapman has had some ridiculous plays in the field defensively. This dude is absolutely crazy with the glove. Two-time platinum glove. So if people who don't know what platinum glove means, it means that you are the best fielder in your league. Mm-hmm. So he's won that twice. Yes. Um, and he's won his at his position four times at third base. So he's going to get his money from that. Even though he's shown potential with his bat, um, he's had uh, a couple early seasons before COVID where he was actually like, oh, he could, you know, 278 batting average, 249 batting average, 24 home runs, 36 he, home runs. He almost reminds me, and not to the same degree, though, he's almost, he was almost like the Scott Rowland of Oakland, where he felt like he was like a fielder, but he, he was like, he could still hit. Scott Rowland's a lot better hitter than Matt Chapman. Matt yeah. Chapman. Yeah. Well, that's why it's I mean, the Oakland version. You're talking about a that. Hall of Famer, Scott Rowland. Well, that's another story. <laughs> so I, I'm in that boat. But yeah, so Matt Chapman, he's a career 240 hitter. But since COVID, he last year was the high, his highest batting average. But his OPS has slipped the last four years drastically compared to his early seasons with Oakland, um, which is surprising given that Toronto is kind of a hitter-friendly ballpark and kind of a hitter-friendly team. Yeah. Um, so he still had 27 home runs in la- 2022, and in 2023 he had 17 homers and 54 RBIs. He got off to a torrid start at the beginning of the year, but struggled 
uh, as the season went on. Um, still won the gold glove this year. Um, but I think that he's still going to earn a decent amount of money, mostly because he has potential because he, he is a good hitter, but he's so streaky. He just has that, he has that raw talent that a team can unlock. And I think a team like the Cubs is going to splash in free agency. And I think if they don't get Otani and if they can't re-sign Bellinger, they're going to revert to uh, Matt Chapman. They're going to put him next to Danzy Swanson. Danzy Swanson's won two-time gold gloves. He's won two gold gloves. And their third base prowess hasn't been good. They have Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom and... um, uh, their other guy. Oh, God, crap. I can't remember his freaking name. Um, they got him in the trade from the White Sox, but he hasn't been he hasn't been doing well. I think he had like a 600 OPS. So you have Dansby and Matt Chapman on the left side of the infield pretty much locked up. And I think he's going to get five years. This is, this is my prediction. Five years, 120. Now, that's all on basically a potential that he could do. I mean, his gloves earned him a lot of money because if he didn't have his glove, he wouldn't it, it, be getting anywhere close to a oh yeah, million. Totally. Um, yeah. Probably getting probably maybe like 15, 20, 15 million a year, maybe. Yeah. Um, kind of in the range of year guys that we're having, but he has so much raw talent that if he just has an average or a little bit more above average offensive prowess, he's going to be an all star. Like he's only he's been an all star once. He's been an MVP voting twice, but Ever since COVID, he just hasn't been the same player. Just a little bit different. He was hurt in 2020 as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I like Matt Chapman. He's a fun player to watch, but it's kind of like he needs to be better. Yeah. And I think the Cubs, as you've seen, they're going to be aggressive with getting Council as the manager, and they're going after Otani. So I think that they'll eventually, uh, I think he's going to sign with, um, that's my biggest or most ex- landing spot for him in my ten, in my opinion i don't see him going back to toronto i don't i don't i don't see it happening i think he's kind of i think he wants to come back to the u.s so hmm. five years 120 to the cubs matt chapman now i heard that i mean i don't know how serious of a rumor it is that the phillies could potentially be interested in chapman no the reason why people have been saying that is because bohm had a low war and chapman has a higher war because of his glove and he was in one stat thing where the Phillies were like, oh, they were really low in war this year for third base. Oh, they should probably go after Matt Chapman. No, Alec Bohm is fine. We love Alec Bohm. He drove in 100, oh, close to 100 runs or 100 runs. His glove has been a lot better. And, um, you know, when they want to put Harper at DH or – no, they probably wouldn't do that. They'd probably just have Harper play at first, play at first most of the time. But, no, we like Bohm. He's, he's grown on us. And we can't just keep getting rid of all their homegrown talent. It's just you need to keep a couple. Like Stott's gonna be here for a while. Hopefully, Bohm can show a little bit more power next year. But uh, you know, he's not coming. We're not getting Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. I would have traded for him uh, two years ago when Oakland traded for him. Oakland traded him to Toronto, but because uh, Bohm was struggling and we didn't, you know. But anyway, no, that's not happening. Well, maybe that worked out for the better then. Yes. All um, right. Who's next? Uh. Number seven? Yeah, number seven. Yeah, so uh, probably one of my favorite closers that I've watched, uh, Josh Hader. Yeah, um, I want the Phillies to get him. Who is a player who isn't sticking around in San Diego. I'll get to another San San Diego player in a moment, but 
I think the trend is is that they're trying to shed some salary and get under two hundred million. I think because yeah, they got to pay that loan. Yeah, they got they got a lot of debt. Um, <laughs> but uh, also rest in peace to their uh, to their um, uh, their owner. owner. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but that was that was sad to hear. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of my favorites I've seen over the last couple of years. He was top notch in Milwaukee, twenty twenty two accepted. He fell off then and was struggling when he was went to San Diego. He came right back in 2023, though, with another stellar year. Uh, he's got a killer one-two combo, that sinker and slider. It's nasty. It's ridiculous. It, it, look up highlights of him, and you'll see just how nasty those pitchers, pitches are. Um, so as a free agent, he'll be courted by many contenders. Um, Phillies. And the, and the two names that I've heard are the Rangers and the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Two teams, as we know, that have had their share of closer struggles this year. I guess I'll start with the Phillies because, as you know, Kimbrel was quite an adventure in uh, on the mound this year. You don't say. Unfortunately, it ended in the playoffs. Gosh. Yeah. Um, in the Phillies' advantage, I think they could probably outbid the Rangers if they wanted to. And to me, he seems like a guy who would fit right into that clubhouse mm-hmm. because, you know, the Phillies have really, you know, had this, like, fun atmosphere. Yeah. And I, I think I he would fit into that. I agree. Uh, but what the Rangers have that the Phillies don't is a ring. And I think that might be a difference there. But you know how hard it is to win again, too. It's hard to win again, but they have the foundation That's there. very true, yeah. Um, and the indication from almost everyone I've read is that the Rangers are going to really try and go for Hayter. Um, so they don't have to go through that their own bullpen carousel. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. They might have had a worse. They had a worse one than the Phillies did. Yeah. At least they had Kimbrel the whole year, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies end up beating the Rangers out, but I think I'm going to side with the rumor mill on this one and say he's going to Arlington. Yeah. Uh, I would say five years. How old is he? He's 29, I think. And and it's a closer position too. But yeah. he might. There's even more that he might. You know. He might have the highest contract for a closer. They might do higher than Edwin Diaz. Did. I think so too. Well, Edwin was five years, one hundred. One hundred two. I think he'll go. I'll just go a little higher than that. Five years, one hundred five. Yeah, I could see that. I like five years, one ten around that. Um, I want the Phillies to go after him, but here's the thing: Rob Thompson doesn't play, you know, closer in his selected roles. He kind of just goes with the feel. He, although he did use Kimbrell a lot in the closer role this year. He did. Um, so I definitely see that as a possibility. I want them to go get Hater. It'd be so nice to just not have to worry that much about ninth inning. You yeah. know, and then you have Alvarado and Hater against lefties. Like no lefty is going to want to be facing the seventh, the eighth and ninth inning. Yeah. N- none. So that's really good. I I'd throw I'd throw five one twenty at him. That's just me. I'm I'm a little bold this off season right now. But uh, no, I I think he's actually going to Tar- Arlington. I think I'm seeing him in, in Texas, which I think would be a good fit too. Yeah, I I'm not sure where he's from, but I feel like he's more of a country boy. Um, but I I still think he would fit in the Phillies. But I kind of agree that he's going to Arlington. Yeah. So, what do you got? All right, number six. One of my own. Aaron Nola. What are you looking at? Why are you looking at me like that? Number six. Yeah, number six. We're talking. Da- no, never mind. Number five. Yeah, I'm number five because I have two. Yeah. I have two of them. Hater was six. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Number yeah. five. 
I am so on point today. It's great. Number five, Aaron Nola. Now, I'm this. This one was hard for me to do because I am a very big fan of Nola. He's had some ups and downs, and he's been a little bit streaky, but he's shown a lot of promise. He's built up a lot of innings um, over the years. You know, he has he's pitched the most innings since 2017, only behind Garrett Cole. And towards the end of the this year, he made some adjustments because he was apparently looking at the pitch clock uh, the entire time, and they told him to look at the different pitch clock because you know they have on the right side, left side. They told him to look at the other pitch clock. And so that way he would close his, like, would follow through a little bit differently. And, you know, last couple starts, he did a lot better. It's amazing how just a simple thing of just looking at a clock can change a pitcher. So I think a team that is going to overspend on pitching is the St. Louis Cardinals. And boy, do they need pitching. Yes, they posted they a starter's ERA of 5.08. Adam Wainwright had a 7 ERA. Straight and garbage. He's gonna retire. Their best pitcher was uh Steven Matz and he didn't even pitch the whole year. And he had a three point eight nine ERA. But then Miles Michaelis was their next best pitcher. Um and he had uh, a four point seven eight ERA. Like look, all right, just look at these ERAs. Miles Michaelis, four point seven eight, Adam Wainwright, seven point four, Steven Matz, three point eight six, and he that was in seventeen starts. Then Dakota Hudson, four point nine eight, Matthew uh Libertor. 5.25. Zach Thompson, 4.48. Drew Rahm, 8.02. Jake Woodford, 6.23. And don't forget they had Jordan Montgomery for a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he, he, and he did fine. He had a 3.42 ERA, though he was 6-9. and nine. Yeah. So, and the Cardinals had a down year. I definitely think that they're going to be bounced back next year. Uh, but they're going to overpay for pitching. And what better to go with someone who's going to be reliable for you and eat up innings so that way you're not re- uh, relying on your bullpen. So I think Aaron Nola is going to get seven years, $175 million from the Cardinals. That I, much? Yeah, I think he's going to get. So he was asking 200 from the Phillies. And I think that, you know, uh, some other pitchers might get, you know, a little bit less. You know, you're going to do uh, another pitcher, and I'm going to do a couple pitchers uh, later. But Nola is dependable. He still has strikeout stuff. And I think that him being with in more of a baseball town with St. Louis might help him. But I think that the Cardinals are going to overspend. And I think they're like, you know, we really need pitching. And Nola's been dependable. And he's going to be 30. So, you know, good four or five years of him being in his early 30s, I think that would be good for them. So, And they really want to get back to the top of the division. You can't have the Cardinals be two years down. That, that city can't do it. So I think seven years, 175 for Nola. I definitely agree that it's a need that the Cardinals ha- have to fill. Yeah, um, without I, a doubt. I just don't think um, the Phillies are gonna. I don't think the Phillies are gonna match what he's gonna be getting from other teams. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna do it. I, I want them to, but I'll explain a little bit later. I, I could definitely see him going to St. Louis. That's a lot of money, though. I I think for Nola. Yeah, but it's a little bit less than what Degrom got. So Degrom got, I think, six years, one eighty, I believe. So it's an, DeGrom- an extra year and a little bit less money. And Degrom's hasn't pitched that much. And you, no. Degrom has been—he's the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Yeah. But that's the thing that with Nola, he has health on his side, and he's been—he's high strikeout, high innings, 
you know, I don't. St. Louis isn't as much of a hitter's park as Citizens Bank, so mm-hmm. not as many home runs to give up as he does give up home runs. That's been his weakness. Yeah. Pretty much, if he doesn't give up home runs, he's almost the best pitcher in baseball because he'll go to like the fifth or sixth inning, and all of a sudden, boom, three run home run, and then his ERA gets boosted up. Yeah. So that's my prediction. All right, who's next? Number four. Number four. Um, well, we're going to stick with pitching on this one. Um, and a Cy Young winner and a Cy Young winner in both leagues. That's right. Uh, Which that list is all Hall of Famers except well, except for him now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but he's a he's the weirdest pitcher on that I've seen on so far. <laughs> yeah. Like in terms of the type of pitcher that he is. What's his name? And it's Blake Snell. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, like we're just talking about him, not even be- saying because his name. on the on the plus side, he's got the low ERA and he strikes out a lot of batters, but he never goes deep into games. No. How many times did he pitch in the seventh inning? Like once this year? I feel like they they apply like the Java Chamber, Chamberlain rule to him, and they just have him go like five or six innings, and they just take him out once they, he hits five innings. Um, <laughs> and he walks a lot of people. But with that said. He he's won a Cy Young in both leagues, yeah. um, and he's and as a Cy Young winner, he's got to command a lot of interest um, with his credentials. While it's not an impossibility for him to go back to San Diego, I don't think that they will. Um, I don't think so. Like like we were saying the last time, they're trying to cut a lot of that salary to pay off some debt, and Blake Snell would definitely be a heavy weight on that team in terms of money. Uh, Rumor has it that, and I, I agree, I think he'll stay out west. Um, and besides, why not stay in pitcher-friendly California anyway? Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what a better place to be a pitcher than L.A.? Oh, no, I don't know where you're going with this. The Dodgers have been a very successful team over the years with a strong lineup and a great bullpen. But what's usually the hallmark of the Dodgers historically their starting pitching wasn't quite up to snuff this year. They've had their struggles. I think they had like a team, like a rotation area, like over four. Mm-hmm. So not great. Also, they're not going to have Kershaw until next summer. Also, he's a free agent. Yeah, he, and he's a free agent. I, to, I told you. So I, I have to talk about that later. I had a really brain fart earlier today. I was but, like, oh. even, but even if he stays, he's not. He's out of the job until next summer. Yep. And then you have uh, Urias. He's Your out. Eyes? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, being suspended for all next season, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so in short, the Dodgers need are going to need starting pitching. Yeah. And I think that Snell is going to jump on the I five from San Diego to Los Angeles. Wow. How much? It's going to be a lot. Um, More than Nola. I think so. Oh, I think really? I think he'll hit two hundred mil. Whoa, two hundred. Oh, I don't see him getting two hundred million. Oh man, how many years? How old is he? He's, He's thirty or thirty-one. So I can't imagine it being more than like five or six years. Well, let me bring it down a bit. If I'm going to go more conservative, or no, let me say six years. I'll say six years. I'll bring it down to maybe not two hundred mil, maybe one eighty. So he's getting the deal that Degrom got. Essentially. Wow. Oh man. That's a lot of money for Blake Snell. I so I'm not a big fan of Blake Snell. He's a good pitcher, but I 
I don't see him going to the Dodgers. Personally, I said I thought you were going to the Giants. That that was probably my second choice. Yeah, because you said pitcher friendly ballpark, and I was thinking, yes. oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, AT and T. It's not AT and T. It's called Oracle. It's Oracle Park. Oracle Park. Now. I, it's still AT and T. Oh my Park gosh! Today. All these freaking name changes. Well, it's better than Las Vegas Ballpark, I guess. Is that what it's going to be called? Well, the, I mean the uh, that the minor league team. That's the name of their ballpark. Is called Las Vegas Ballpark. <laughs> I thought that was what the A's new stadium was going to be called, <laughs> like in 2028. That would be such an A's. No, A's stadium will probably be like you know. Um, Pepsi ballpark at MGM um, at MGM Studios yeah. sponsored by Sportsbet or God. something. Or Caesar's Palace Stadium. <laughs> no, they they already have that. I think Caesar's Palace Stadium. Or no, it's the uh, the Superdome in New Orleans. Is I think it's Caesar's. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. They're they're they have to change to yeah. Luxor or um, <laughs> Mandalay Bay yeah. Stadium. <laughs> so I think that Snell will probably get in the same ballpark as Nola mostly because I don't know that's just my opinion I don't know that's that's tough I I'm not going after Snell and he hasn't he doesn't pitch pitch deep and I know that's kind of what the trend is now but I kind of want to pitch the pitches a little bit deeper and can he, pitch he, deeper he doesn't pitch deeper he can't no I want a pitcher that can go nine innings. Well, to be fair to him, he started with the Rays. And yeah. I don't think that helped him necessarily no. early in his career, not no. having the innings. Yeah. But he would be going to a place, like, even if he stretched a little bit, they have that great bullpen yeah. there for yeah. L.A. Yeah, I agree. So, All right. To the Dodgers. Blake Snow. All right. Number three. Now, this is a pitcher that most of you might not know about because he's never pitched in the major leagues before. Um but he's a 25-year-old pitcher from Japan. His name is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Very good. I pronounced the, the Yama, it's Yamamoto. I said Yamamoto. Um, you got the first name I had a right hard time. Yeah. I was trying. I was like, man, I got to pronounce his name right. I'm going to mess <laughs> this up. But I'm just going to say Yamamoto now. Uh, Yamamoto is 25. He's been pitching in Japan. And you might know him from the World Baseball Classic. He pitched in the World Baseball Classic. And he lit it up. He is fantastic. Um, he's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball splitter that is just devastating. Um, the one knock on him is that he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'10", so he's kind of got that um, Walker Bueller slash... Um, Sonny Gray's 5'10", Sp- isn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't throw 100. Yeah. Sonny Gray doesn't throw 100. Um, so in, the reason why I bring that up is that um, the Phillies had a pitching prospect who was younger, or y- a young pitching prospect who was shorter, um, and we traded him in the JT Romuto trade. And ever since, he has not been... He's never been healthy. So the shorter guys, they don't have as much durability because there's so much more stress on the muscles. They're smaller. So Yamamoto's 5'10", 175. That's my size. He's throwing 100. That's <laughs> sick. Um, Indeed. So, and he has a career um, 1.72 ERA in um, in Japan, which is absolutely absurd. And mm. he finished uh, out, I think he had a complete game in the... Uh, World Series of Japan, uh, or in the playoffs, uh, to finish out at like 135 pitches. So he can go a full a full game if you need to. And here's the thing. This is where it gets fun, people. This is where it gets fun. He said that he has a desire. He he likes the West Coast, but he also has shown interest from the Yankees as a team. Yes. Um, but... I think a team 
none other than the Philadelphia Phillies would be a team who goes and gets Yamamoto. The reason why, there has been multiple reports from Philly reporters that the Phillies are very much interested in signing Yamamoto. And I think that's because they don't think that Nola's going to end up re-signing with them, even though I think their preference probably would be Nola. The one reason why that they probably won't sign Nola is because they're just going to be asking price too high. Nola is five years older than Yamamoto. And I know that he hasn't pitched in the major leagues, but his stuff is better than Nola's. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that the Phillies might get him. But that's not what I was saying. Uh, One of the reasons why I think the Phillies might get him is that they have a very aggressive GM, Dave Dombrowski. You know, he's not going to mess around. You know, he's made some big signings the last couple years. And I think this year it's going to be that one starting pitcher is going to be his big signing. I don't think he's going to want to miss out on either Nola, Yamamoto, or uh, another starting pitcher. So I think this is this is where I got bold. This is really bold. I think the Phillies are going to throw 10 years, $275 million at Yamamoto. He's 25. So if you throw 10 years, that means he's 35 years old when he finishes it. But he has such ridiculous stuff. And he's stayed healthy for most of his career in Japan, as far as I'm aware. I just think the Phillies are going to make a splash. We're like, you know what? Let's go get the best best pitcher from Japan on out. And, you know, they have been trying to get a pitcher from Japan for a while. They haven't been successful. But why not throw a bunch of money? at it i mean they're going to be losing nola so it's just replacing him to, with that so it'd be this little probably a little bit not less but about the same money they'd be paying for nola just more years and hopefully they're going to re-sign wheeler with the extension but we don't know if they're going to do that um and uh talent walker looks like a mistake right now so you kind of you kind of want to build up they have some pitching prospects but why not go get a 25 year old guy that's young and has a lot of potential and work him and you know i feel like philly needs a guy from japan kind of just to root for i feel like philly would really root for that you don't like it you don't like it i don't know i think i that I, I want him i really want the phillies to go get it's, him it's not that i don't like it um you're talking about Yamamo being on the West Coast and how you're thinking that Snell might go to a team like the Giants. I thought that was my feeling for Yamamoto. Really? Is that he could potentially go there and fill that spot in San Francisco. I hate that. I'm not a huge fan of it either. I've also heard about the Yankees and the Mets pursuing him pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, So if the Phillies really want to go for him, they really got to. That's why I'm saying 10 years, 275. Yeah. That's because I pretty much throw the kitchen sink at him. Because if that's that's pretty much what I was thinking. All right. You know, 27, 27 and a half million a year. That's pretty much what Nola or maybe Nola get a little bit less. So why not pay just a little bit more for a guy that's younger and has a hundred mile an hour stuff. And now he hasn't pitched in the majors, but Cody Senga pitched in the, the first year and he did really well. Um, last year for the Mets. So, and I know that Cody Senga said that he really wanted to pitch with Yamamoto. So, I know the Mets are trying, but I don't know if the Mets are going to spend that much money this off season. Hmm. But that's my that's my prediction. That's what I think the Phillies should do. I want Yamamoto and I want Josh Hader. Those are my top two for the Phillies. But all right, I don't think that's going to happen. That's if they don't re-sign Nola and Reese. I want. That's what I would wish, but I just don't think it's happening. But right. anyway. 
All right, so what's number two? Number two, uh, a, a guy who, unfortunately, injury has plagued him the last couple of years. But he did bounce back a bit this last year. He's a former Rookie of the Year and MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a two-time All-Star Gold Glove, NLCS MVP, and a World Series champion in his own right. Uh, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. Billy. Uh, but, you know, as a former Rookie of the Year and MVP, there's there will be a good deal of suitors for Cody. But as we remember in 2020, he pulled a Kendris Morales and hurt himself celebrating. Yep. And his career really hasn't been the same since then. Mm-mm. That shoulder injury has caused him to really drop off in 2021 and 2022. But he did bounce back last year with a 300 average, and he won the Silver Slugger. He had a really good year. So to his credit, he's bounced back. Um, while time will tell if his comeback was a flu- fluke or not, um, I think he never, nonetheless has the credentials to fill an outfield role somewhere. Uh, there are three teams that seem to be in the race right now. The Cubs, where he is right now. Mm-hmm. The Giants and my Yankees. Um, from a fan perspective, I could tell you that the Yankees could really use him as long as he stays healthy. The Yankees haven't had a great track record producing healthy ball players over the years. But if he could stay healthy, it would be nice to have in the outfield. Um, the Giants, on the other hand, uh, you know, and I just feel bad for the Giants because I feel like they've been screwed over with the free agent, like, they try and get free agents and they haven't really gotten oh, them. Oh, boo-hoo. I don't care. I hate the Giants. I mean, with, with Aaron Judge and the whole... You mean Arson Judge? Arson Judge. Well, Arson Judge is still there. That's but true. Aaron You're Judge right. didn't get That's right. Re-signed. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And then the whole Correa fiasco. <laughs> Gosh, what a nightmare last offseason was. Um, That, along with the new manager, you know, no Gabe Kapler, mm. could be a shot in the arm for San Francisco. Good for them. God, Gabe, what a joke. Or he could remain where he's at where he's already been given a qualifying offer and he's clearly comfortable there. Um, and it's a team that, you know, could be, could be competitive. So I think it's for that reason why I think he's just testing the waters right now at free agency. I think he's trying to get a better offer and maybe bring his value up a bit to stay in Chicago. You think he's going to stay in Chicago? I think he's staying in Chicago. Like percentage wise. Uh, seventy-five percent. Seventy-five. Okay, that's pretty high. Yeah, that's pretty high. Uh, I could see it. I definitely see him probably sticking in Chicago. But so here's the thing: I don't want Cody Bellinger. I I wouldn't want him on my team. He had a good bounce back year. Yeah. I think he's just been too inconsistent for me to spend. Probably how much do you think he's getting too? Because there's been rumors uh, he's getting over he's, 200 million. I don't think he should get that much. Well, um, yeah, you don't think, but what do you think he's actually going to get? Because I think he's going to get over 200 million. Scott Boris, did you hear what Scott Boris said? He said uh, MLB got to see a, a taste of Cody, what Cody Bellinger can do last season. To get him to sign with you, you're gonna you're gonna have to fork to get the whole Cody Bellinger. You have to fork up a whole lot more. And I was like, good lord. Well, he's 28 years old. Yeah, he is young. He does have um, that. He is young. And the it's the injury thing. If he could stay healthy, I think he could really like play a good contract. So maybe nine years and oh, sorry, 
I think he's gonna get. I think he would get over two hundred million, but maybe closer to two fifty. Two nine years, two fifty. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't thinking that high. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh god, that's a lot of money. It, it is that's a, a lot, lot of money for Cody Bellinger. Like it's for a bounce back year because you know if he didn't have this bounce back year, you know if he had, you know twenty home, if he hit two seventy and twenty home runs, he's not getting anywhere close. To, but because he hit 20, 26. Well, numbers. also, what the contracts the Chicago have right now? Danzy Swanson. Uh, they have another one. Who else do they have? I know they have one other. They, they just re-signed a couple guys to little higher contracts. But um, all right, let's let's look it up real quick. Uh, well, uh, well, let's. I'll, I'll do that while you. Uh, no, we're on this. It's all right. Chicago Cubs. Yeah, but that's for our listeners. I know. Well, while he's looking up. Contracts here. Um, I'll tell you more about Mr. Coey Bellinger, who's the here son of Clay Bellinger, who played for the Yankees and was on their 2000 World Series team. Fun fact. Okay. Fun fact. There we go. Anyway, so Danzy Swanson, 26 million a year. Ian Happ, 21 million. Uh, Suzuki, 21 million. Jamerson Tyon, 18 million. Kyle Hendricks, 16.5. Nico Horner, 11.5. They just re signed him. That was a team friendly deal. Um, and MVH, uh, Drew Smiley, shout out to uh, Will Holinsky, uh, who thought that Drew Smiley was the next big thing back in, in uh, high school. But So they have a couple guys earning some pretty high money um, uh, with uh, Danzy Swanson, Ian Happ, and Suzuki. Uh, I think Su- uh, with yeah, Happ, he has a couple years left. Swanson's got the longer deal, and Suzuki's got, I think, uh Five five or five year deal. So the hundred and fifty projected total payroll is one hundred and eighty two million. So they have a high payroll, um, but I think that they're going to splash. But I don't know if they're going to splash for Bellinger. I don't know if they're going to go over two fifty. They're going to go after Otani. I think that's their number one priority is getting Otani. And then they're that, gonna, that's a lot of people's priority. And then I think if they don't, I think they're going to switch to Chapman and Bellinger. That was my guess. They're going to sure up that infield. That's my guess. All right, so nine years, two fifty. Whoo, that's a lot of money, but it's not as much money as who the number one guy is going to pick up. Gee, I wonder. Shohei Otani, number one. No way. Number one free agent. Get out on the market. Big surprise, everyone. Big surprise. The currently twenty-nine-year-old, pretty much best player in baseball history, in my opinion is probably and most likely going to get the largest contract in MLB history. Oh, uh, he's the AL MVP again, by the way. Oh, he just won. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just P.S. Even though that's probably not a surprise to anyone, but I no. just saw the alert. Yeah, no. no. We were talking about this before. There's no surprise with any of these awards that are going on. Acuna's going to win the NL, and Otani being the AL MVP, no surprise. He missed like, the last month, pretty much, but still ridiculous. Anyway. He's going to get the largest contract in MLB history if he wants to. He has said that he would prefer a competitive market over a geographical geographical location. So it, that's why the Braves were rumored to get him uh, recently. But he also has showed uh, interest in playing on a lesser year deal and like a shorter term deal. While that probably seems... Uh, appealing to some teams, I still think he's going to get 10 years plus for a deal. He's, I agree. He's 29 years old. He's arguably the one of the best. He's 
best hitter and best pitcher in top five in both categories, in my opinion. And a team that has been on the top of the list for everyone for him to get, and I still think that they're going to get him, is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see any other team out uh, being to outbid the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because they're losing J.D. Martinez as their D.H., and so this just this year, Otani is going to be DHing because of the Tommy John surgery. So he's going to slide in a DH for them. But then you kind of brought it up a little bit with um, Blake Snell. They lost Urias to the domestic violence. They don't have Kershaw for the least half of the year, but he is a free agent. That was the snafu that I had in my head because I was like, in my notes, I said they are losing J.D. Martinez as their DH. Kershaw will be retiring soon as they need to revamp on their pitching. And I was like, wait a minute. He's not even signed by them. I thought about that today. So, and then um, with Otani, if he stays on the West Coast, despite the rumors that he's prefer a contender of a geographical location, um, it would be better for Otani to sign on the East Coast, in my opinion, because of the markets like the Yankees or the Mets. But I don't see them being in a them being in, getting in a bidding war for Otani. I see them focusing on more um, on other things. So I thought that the Dodger blue was the way that he was going to go. Mm-hmm. I thought ten years, five hundred and fifteen million. Now I think he's going to get five hundred million, five hundred million at least. I think so too. I thought ten years, five fifteen was more conservative, in my opinion, for what he's going to get for the double digit year, because that way he'll be forty when he becomes free agent again. Um, but also the wear and tear on his body, we don't know what this is going to hold. But I think the Dodgers are like, you know what, we want to have the best player in baseball on our team. And can you imagine Freeman, Betts, and Otani? Now, those guys will all be 30 on the other side of 30 by the come next year. So mm-hmm. that is the only downside with it. And they're all getting paid ridiculous amounts of money. But that's what the Dodgers do. The Dodgers are going to splash. And they have the farm system to just, to like, oh, he gets hurt? Oh, we have, you know, Walker Buehler's coming back. Well, they have, a t- Dustin May's going to eventually come back. Although, I don't know if he's going to be able to pitch ever again with how many injuries he gets. But... I just think the Dodgers are going to go after Otani. Mm-hmm. I would love if he went on the East Coast. I think that him being on an East Coast team would be better for baseball. Now, if he went to the Yankees, I wouldn't mind it. I don't want him going to the Mets. That would be the worst. But if he was on the Yankees, that would be really, really good for baseball. Having him in the biggest market, having him in primetime at 7 o'clock instead of pitching at 10 o'clock for on the – pitching on the East Coast, and so that's 10 o'clock Eastern time. That's not good for baseball. He needs to be pitching – 99% of the time at 7 o'clock on the East Coast. That's my opinion. But I just don't think it's happening. I think he's going to the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you've brought up, he's a once-in-a-generation yeah. player. Uh, talent for sure. And you got to sign him to that long-term contract. If you're a team, you have to do it. Yeah. For someone like him, the players don't come around like him. Yeah. And especially with this UCL injury, you're going to need that long term to make sure that his UCL heals up so that he can pitch again. Yeah. Because he's not going to be pitching for at least not next year. Yeah. Maybe next year in 2025 he will. Yeah. I don't see that. Like, you bring up a good point. Like, I don't see him signing like a two or three year deal, like, and just, you know, with a high AV. No. Um, But you think back a couple podcasts ago, you thought that he would be going to the Mariners. That was my hot take. Do you still think that that could be a possibility? I think it's a possibility, but do I think it as a probability? Probably not. Yeah. But that's why it's a hot take. Yeah. Um, 
he is the great wild card in the whole free agent scheme here. It's very true. If one team signs him, that pretty much cancels out all these other players. So let's go back to, you know, Snell, for instance. Yeah. If they sign Otani, they're not getting Snell. No, they're not. They, they don't need Snell. It's very true. If he gets signed by the Cubs, they're not going to resign Bellinger. Nope. It's it really throws all these other players yeah. in disarray here. That's why I think that yeah. MLB is they might not talk to him, but they're gonna try like, hey, you kind of got to get this. Like, you are the biggest thing. You got to figure out decision pretty quick. Like, do you think he'll have a decision made by Christmas? Because if it's not, then there's gonna be a lot of players like, all right, we I I need to get signed. Like, this is my family. Like. All these guys we listed. Hey, I need money. Like yeah. I, I, I need my money. I need my contract. I need to figure this out. I can just be in disarray waiting on this one guy. By the end of the year, you think by the end of the year? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, it's so true that he, his signing really reflects on so many players because he because he's a hitter and a pitcher. It's a. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I hope he doesn't go to the Mets either. Yeah, flow God, please don't go to the Mets. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants them on the Mets other than Mets fans. No. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got for you guys. We have our top 10 free agents and where they're going to go. Take it to the bank. That's what's going to happen. Everything that we've listed is verbatim what these players are going to do. We'll keep track. I hope to at least be more accurate than my postseason prediction. Yeah, I was pretty close in my postseason predictions. I was not. I was. I also <laughs> predicted Skip Schumacher to win Manager of the Year. Kev can attest to that. It's not in writing, but I told Kev that. Um, just going to brag there. Anyway. But you also predicted the Dodgers would make the postseason. That's true. Yeah, that was my hot take. They didn't go very far. No. But they did make it. Yeah. yeah. They Actually, they, they pretty much did the same exact thing yeah. as most teams that didn't make the playoffs. They didn't win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, so was I really wrong in that sense? Anyway, um, take these, take these uh, predictions to the bank, you know, cash them, deposit them, whatever you want to do. They're going to happen. Put some bets on it. Uh, you know, say, is that be liable? For uh, that? I, I don't want to endorse betting. That's here, true. Really, okay. Don't so. bet. Don't bet. We're not yeah. doing that. But, uh, you know, let us know your predictions, where what you want your team to do and where you think these players are going to go. Um, I might put this out on the Instagram, you know, just like have a list and like, hey, where do you think these players, like, do you agree with our list? Do you agree with how much money they're going to get? So I thought this was fun. It seeing, was. Seeing how uh, all these players, are, where they're going to go. And um, I know it's a lot of just talk about a couple players and everything and we're not, you know, talking about a lot of different topics, but this is kind of the fun part of the offseason. Like, hey, how much is this guy going to make? How much, where's he going to go? Which team's going to spend? But, uh, yeah, see where it goes, and uh, we're looking forward to a good offseason, people. We shall. Hopefully it'll be more interesting than the regular oh season. Oh, my God, it was terrible. But with Otani, I'm sure it will be. Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty much going to be, hey, where'd Otani go? Oh, he signed here? Okay, then, like, next next week. Oh, this guy signed, this guy signed, this guy yep. signed. So. All right, people, that's uh, it for our free agent predictions. Um, we'll catch you next time on the Junk Baller Podcast. Peace.